welcome to the podcast. Um, so it's been a few days. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. One of the things that I did want to talk about, uh, Anna is actually still in the running for Maxim's Finest. I actually thought the voting was done on September 15th, but I found out that's actually not the case today. Uh, is actually the last day to vote. Uh, she's currently 13th in her group. Uh, she would need to get into the top 10 to advance to the next round. So she's very, very close, as you guys can tell. Um, so definitely, uh, with over seven hours left to vote, uh, please make sure that you do check that out. Again, the link will be um, on YouTube. It will be on all of our other platforms as well. Um, definitely, she's very, very close. If you guys can help us out, I know she would appreciate that. I would appreciate that as well. Um, definitely check that out. So we'll start the podcast talking about uh, WWE No Mercy. So WWE No Mercy w- w- happened on uh, Sunday. So today's Wednesday. We're a bit delayed. Uh, but apparently, um, well, not apparently, actually did happen. Cesaro, everybody thought, lost his teeth in the match that he had. It was a take team match against uh, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. Uh, but what actually happened is that his teeth were actually pushed up uh, into his upper jaw by about three to four millimeters. Um, it makes sense because of how badly he was bleeding. Um, it was really a really scary situation. Um, it's definitely going to require surgery. So I think all of Cesaro's fans, uh, you know, hope for the best and wish him well with that. Um, I thought this was hilarious. This is an image everybody knows if you have an iPhone of volume. Uh, and John Carnage tweeted, my phone is getting turned because its volume goes beyond even the image. So I thought that was funny. I wanted to share that with you guys on the podcast. Um, then there was this, uh, tweeted by uh, Sega CD Games. Uh, begins with this ass game for dipweeds. I hate this system for Sega Genesis. And the game is walking behind slow people with his watch. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny too. Um, then there was this, Bill Nye walking into an elevator while these girls were snapchatting. So what are the chances that they would be goofing around in the elevator when Bill Nye, the science guy, walks in? I thought that was also pretty funny. Um, and then a major, major part of this podcast, pretty much all of it, let's be honest, is going to be based on what's going on between Donald Trump and the world of sports. Um, because it features two of the things that I love to talk about on this show, politics and sports. So, of course, we're going to be talking about this. So, uh, going back to Donald Trump and NASCAR, uh, NASCAR came out and there were a few owners, Richard Petty and Richard Childress, that came out and said that uh, they agree with Donald Trump, that anybody who does uh, any type of peaceful protest against uh, the national anthem should be fired, um, and that they would actually fire any p- crew chief, pit crew, um, any driver that would do that. Um, so then Dale Jr. came out, and he tweeted that all Americans are granted rights to peaceful protests. Those who make peaceful revolution impossible will make violent revolution inevitable. A quote from JFK, a quote that we've actually recently talked about um, and featured on this podcast before from JFK. So interesting that Dale Jr. Uh, would tweet that. Um, and I responded to that. I said, obviously, Dale Jr. speaking truth to power at NASCAR. Dale Jr., one of the most popular drivers, if not the most popular driver in NASCAR. Uh, granted, 
and this is what's interesting to me. He is going to be retiring at the end of the season. Um, he's still, even though he is going to be retiring at the end of the season, he stepped up when he didn't have to, right? Um, some people would look at it like, oh, you know, he's going to be retiring, so it's not like he's losing anything by coming out and saying this. Um, but you would also have to look at it like, yeah, he has nothing to lose. He doesn't have to be saying this. Um, so I, I have a lot of respect, obviously, from before for Dale Earnhardt Jr., um, but I've got even more respect for him now for him taking that stance. Um, so, you know, obviously this had a lot of feedback, not just my feedback as well. Uh, Wesley Ellery tweeted, this is a PR disaster for a sport that is already on the decline. It is embarrassing to call myself a fan. It's way too late for the statement from NASCAR. So NASCAR actually came out with a new statement after Dale Jr. came out with his. Um, Wesley continues though, he said, you already let Richard Childress and Richard, Pre Richard Petty, I should say, do the talking. No organization should ever let that happen. At least Dale Jr. has some sense, and I would definitely agree with that. Um, Jason Rogers tweeted, I actually feel sorry for NASCAR as a sport here. They've been put in a lose-lose situation thanks to Petty and Childress's big mouths, and I would actually agree with that. Um, and then AJ Siriano tweeted out, as long as Confederate flags fly in the infield, this statement is irrelevant. And I thought that was hilarious. Um, and then there's this image, Dale Jr. said what? And I thought that was pretty funny. Um, and then there's a tweet from Kevin Pereira. Unfortunately, I can't play this clip on YouTube because it will get us kicked off with the music that's there. Um, but it's really interesting. Uh, it's, it's talking about uh, animation, uh, 3D animation. And when it comes to 3D animation, whether you're talking about movies or video games, uh, there's a term that they have that's called the uncanny valley. And the uncanny valley is basically the difference between what a real person looks like and what this 3D model would look like in a video game or in an animated movie. Um, so Kevin Pereira tweeted this out. I definitely recommend everybody checks it out. Twitter.com slash the John D. Newton to check it out. Um, but basically it's showing a really impressive facial rigging demo as Kevin Pereira says and he's saying that the valley is getting less uncanny. And I would agree if you, if you play that video and you watch it um, what's really cool about it is that it shows different facial reactions that they're doing with this 3D model um, and it's showing the mouth opening and closing different weird faces that it can make um, that look very, very realistic um, and even opening the mouth as well. Um, now when it comes to the uncanny valley, when it comes to um, animation, one of the things that is an issue is the tongue believe it or not, um, how they animate the tongue, how it appears in the animation, um, that's always been a problem. This video doesn't really show that at all, but it does open and close the mouth so you can see the tongue like that. You can see the teeth, um, but that's about it. It doesn't really show the tongue coming out of the mouth or anything like that, but um, it does seem like it's going in a certain direction where it's becoming more and more realistic and it is kind of overcoming that uncanny valley. So a uh, really, really interesting tweet uh, for, from Kevin Pereira. If you're into video games, if you're into 3D animation and movies, uh, as I am, I, I definitely I would recommend checking out that video because it is really interesting to see like how far that technology is coming. 
Um, then John Morosi tweeted out that Aaron Judge is the first Major League Baseball rookie ever to hit 50 home runs in a single season. So a lot for the New York Yankees fans to be uh, proud of and happy about this season. Um, there was a couple of videos uh, that we'll show a little bit later. But first, um, big news, obviously, in the NBA, lots of big news. Um, one of them was Carmelo Anthony uh, com- coming to play for the Oklahoma City Thunder after that trade. Um, and when he showed up for media day, uh, he actually showed up wearing his hoodie, the infamous hoodie mellow. So uh, he did speak to the media and he was talking about Russell Westbrook uh, recruiting him to come to Oklahoma City. So I thought this was an interesting clip to play for you guys on the podcast. Played pickup at Dynamite Gym, saw him in Paris at, at Fashion Week. Uh, you know, me and, me and Russ became close, close and closer over the years. And, uh, he was a big part. He was a big reason why I wanted to come. Uh, you know, to see his loyalty to the city, to this organization. Um, you know, what he's able to do. You know, on the court. Uh, I wanted to be a part of that. to take some time it's going to we, we're going to have to adjust uh but at the end of the day man we we ball players right you know we we ball players and you know it ain't no who's the first option second option third option is listen whoever's open gonna get it you know if we if we feel like paul is the one who got it going and that's he got it going that night if right. i got it going i got it going. If russ got it going he got it going we're not forcing the issue right you know we're we gonna let it come to us we're gonna let it play out it's gonna take some time it's gonna we're gonna have to get the kinks out but mm-hmm. at the end of the day you know, I think people overthink it. We're basketball players at the end of the day. I, I consider us smart basketball players. And we're going to make the proper adjustments that we need to make in, in order to make this work. So. Uh, so definitely some interesting comments from Carmelo there. It's, it's interesting, in, in a way, to me, refreshing to hear um, a veteran NBA player talking that way because a lot of times that's, that is the problem with these super teams. When all of these superstars come and play on the same team, who gets the ball? Um, he's taking a really mature approach where he's saying obviously like they're gonna see like who's really hot in that game who's gonna be getting the ball who's getting more looks um, you know who's open uh, he was pointing out at the beginning of that interview um, so it's gonna be interesting it, it it's one thing for him to say those things although it's definitely encouraging to hear him say those things um, it's another for not only him but Paul George Russell Westbrook for all those players to embrace that and actually do that on the court and as he's saying, it's going to take time for that to mesh. But if it does mesh, Oklahoma City could definitely be a team that's contending against, you know, everybody out west. You know, Golden State. Uh, you know, if they make it to the NBA Finals, Cleveland. Um, but not only that, you look at San Antonio. You look at Houston. Um, so this this is looking like it's going to be a pretty interesting season in the NBA. Um, but it's it's definitely interesting to hear Carmelo talk that way. Um, I actually have um, more respect for him hearing him in those interviews speaking that way because it kind of shows a level of maturity and um, 
just a higher level basketball IQ, um, which I think is what they're looking for in Oklahoma City to be able to play with Russell Westbrook and Paul George. So, you know, I, I definitely don't count Oklahoma City out um, after these moves. I think that it does make them a better team, um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens this season. Uh, but as I was saying, there are actually a couple of clips of Aaron Judge uh, chasing down the record for 49. Turner leads off first. There he goes. High fly ball. Right field. Going back, Bonifacio. Trip. Wall. See ya. He's done it. He's tied Mark McGuire. His 49th home run. The most home runs ever hit by a rookie in a big league season. It's Judge and McGuire together. So that was leads off first. So that was Aaron Judge uh, making history, tying Mark McGuire uh, with 49 home runs as a rookie. Uh, definitely very impressive. But he didn't stop there because he actually did get 50. Deep to left field, going back Cabrera, looking up. See ya. He's done it. Home run number. So it's definitely an interesting time in sports for a number of different reasons. We just finished talking about the NBA and how much interest there is about all these super teams now being built in the NBA and how things will play out for the season and the playoffs. Um, but if you look at Major League Baseball, there's a lot of other exciting things going on as well. Um, Aaron Judge doing what he's doing, um, looking at uh, the New York Yankees as a wild card team, how the playoffs are going to go. Um, lots of interesting stuff going there as well. And here, um, just for the visual, although it doesn't really show up too well on the screen, but um, it's showing here that Aaron Judge now, as a rookie, now has the record. Most home runs by a rookie in a season at 50. Um, Mark McGuire previously had the record at 49, um, and that record for Mark McGuire was in 1987, back when he played for the Oakland Athletics, and he was a much skinnier version uh, than people remember in the late 90s. Um, and Cody Bellinger for this year uh, with the Los Angeles Dodgers has 39 home runs, which is also very impressive, uh, but Aaron Judge ending up being the one making history and creating the new record for most home runs by a rookie in, uh, in their rookie season, 50 home runs. Really incredible uh, situation for the Yankees and for Aaron Judge. And uh, Darren Ravel tweeted, uh, Mark McGuire's rookie home run record. And there you see Mark McGuire, a much skinnier version than uh, when he was playing for the St. Louis Cardinals and making other records for home runs. Uh, it stood for, uh, that the record that Mark McGuire set stood for 29 years, 362 days, so almost 30 years. Um, Aaron Judge obviously hitting number 50, that is the new record. Uh, but very impressive record set by Mark McGuire back then. Um, and obviously it stood for almost 30 years. 
Um, but going back into wrestling, uh, WWE Creative Humor tweeted out, uh, coming out of No Mercy, the most over thing is Cesaro's teeth. And I would agree with that. I think that uh, what happened with Cesaro, and you know, we were talking about it to start off this podcast, um, it, it really was probably the most interesting thing that happened in the, in the pay-per-view. Definitely the most memorable. Um, obviously for the wrong reasons, and everybody hopes Cesaro gets better and, and gets well with that, but uh, really, really crazy situation with that. Um, the Associated Press, and this is a little bit delayed, but we'll get into the present. Uh, on September 25th, the Associated Press tweeted out breaking news, the Congressional Budget Office, or CBO, uh, says the new GOP bill replacing Obama health law would reduce insurance coverage for millions. Now, obviously, there's a lot more to this story. Um, those of you guys that are in the know and have been keeping up with the news know that, but we'll get there. Um, NPR tweeted out two Republicans, Rand Paul and John McCain, said they won't support the bill. If one more GOP senator opposes, it will effectively be blocked. Spoiler alert, it was. Uh, Republican Senator Susan Collins of Maine says she is opposed to the latest GOP health care bill undermining the prospects for passage. Uh, then the Washington Post tweeted out that Senate Republicans admit defeat on the Cassidy-Graham health care bill as Senator Susan Collins declares her opposition. And Jimmy Kimmel, who we've talked about a lot on this podcast as well, tweeted out, Thank you, Senator Collins, for putting people ahead of party. We are all in your debt. And then Cristela Alonzo went to the next level and tweeted out this image of a birthday cake, but it says, Thanks for not letting people die. <laughs> and this was uh, Cristela tweeting, Hey, Susan Collins, I got you a cake. So I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Donald Trump uh, tweeted out, Tremendous backlash against the NFL and its players for disrespect of our country. Hashtag stand for our anthem. Um, and Jesse responded saying that this was a tweet made minutes after Collins said, that she's a no vote on the Ob Obamacare vote. Uh, Sarah Burris tweeted out, how much do you want to bet that no matter what Susan Collins or anyone else says, Trump will fight to pass repeal and replace until impeachment? So uh, Sarah, they're obviously hopeful for impeachment for Donald Trump. I don't know if that's actually going to happen, um, but uh, pretty interesting take there. Uh, then there was this GIF, which I hope works, because it is rather funny. So the rock hiding there, I thought that was a pretty funny uh, GIF there. And that was tweeted by at Nando on Twitter. And then there was this, so Lawrence O'Donnell having his meltdown uh, recently, uh, we've talked about, but there was actually a remix that was done. Stop the hammering. Stop, stop the hammering out there. Where's the hammer? Where's the where's the hammer? Who's got a hammer? Where is it? Somebody go up there and stop the hammering. Stop the hammering. Stop, stop, stop the hammering. It's either there or there. Or out there somewhere. The woman talking in my ear was talking about the Labor Day special. Repeatedly. There's 
insanity in the control room. Uh, then James tweeted out, if you paid $500 and that's where it got you seat-wise, you deserve to be laughed. And the sign doesn't really show up uh, on the podcast here on YouTube, but the sign that uh, these fans at a wrestling event were holding up say, my wife left me so I bought $500 WWE tickets. Except if you're looking closely at that image, those seats are way, way back. It doesn't really look like good seats for $500 so I like what uh, James tweeted there if you paid $500 and that's where it got you seat wise you deserve to be left so I thought that was pretty funny I'm going back to uh, Donald Trump and the NFL this was a major major story and it's going to be a major part of the podcast today Uh, Donald Trump actually told people to quote just pick up and leave if they see a player take a knee during the anthem which I find hilarious because that doesn't really show anything to the owners. The owners already have your money from you buying your ticket. So if you're that upset about a, a you know, a football player taking a knee during the anthem that you're just going to pick up and leave the game, it doesn't really hurt the owner because they already have your money. You've already paid for your ticket. So, you know, again, Donald Trump just being Donald Trump there. Um... And then, of course, so many different things happened over the weekend in the NFL um, when it came to teams doing their peaceful protests. Uh, One of the things that happened was the entire Dallas Cowboys team kneeling. And my response to that is that it just shows how much the NFL is full of hypocrites, specifically owners. Um, A lot of those owners, including Jerry Jones, actually taking a knee, although they did it before the anthem. Um, either way, very much hypocrites. Um, you know, a lot of those owners, including Jerry Jones, actually contributed a million dollars to Donald Trump, and now they're taking a knee as if they didn't. Um, you know, it's so hypocritical, and you know, somebody should definitely sign Kaepernick by now. I think it's so ridiculous that he's been blackballed from the NFL. Um, There is no doubt in my mind, and I think most sports fans' minds, forget about the kneeling, forget about the politics. If you're just looking at his skill level as a quarterback, he is definitely capable of starting on seven of the 32 teams right now. He's better than at least seven of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL, definitely better than all of the backup quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Um, The fact that he's not signed on a team is just unbelievable and now the fact that you've got almost like rubbing it in his face owners and teams taking the knee uh or taking a knee i should say on the field during anthems it's just so crazy and uh you know you hope that kaepernick does get signed um as soon as possible you hope that kaepernick gets signed because of the hypocrisy of it all Uh, So then there was this from Sports Illustrated. The Cowboys and owner Jerry Jones locked arms and took a knee 
in unity prior to the national anthem so i'm going to play this clip for you guys but it's crazy to me what happens this game was played in arizona but about wanting to separate that message from the national anthem sean all right lisa and as they take a knee collectively booze can be heard from this sellout crowd in arizona So the commentator there basically said exactly what I was about to say. Uh, as they were taking a knee, the crowd was booing in Arizona. Now, I don't understand what they were booing because when they took the knee, or took a knee, um, it didn't even take place during the anthem. Um, so I, I, I find that to be totally pathetic. Now, obviously, Arizona is one of the states where Donald Trump has been doing his rallies, um, so that's a factor, but it's really, really petty and really pathetic to see fans booing that. Um, David Miller, uh, I, I think, said it best with this tweet. He said, taking a knee before the anthem is the equivalent of saying, I have black friends, and I agree with that 100%. It's not the same thing as taking the knee during the anthem. And for that reason, too, I don't understand why those fans were booing, because it's not the same act. Um, really, really crazy stuff going on in the NFL with that. Um, and then uh, Jason Gallagher tweeted out making fun of Jerry Jones, how do you do fellow social activists? So I thought that was pretty funny as well. Uh, AJ Plus tweeted, uh, FYI, Jerry Jones donated over $1 million dollars to Trump's inaugural committee via his company Glenstone Corporation. So again, the hypocrisy of it all, um, it is absolutely crazy what's going on with that. Uh, RJC tweeted out, uh, Jerry don't, doesn't care about conservative or liberal, just as long as the check clears. Very true. Uh, then Fox Sports tweeted out that the Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals, also linked arms with members of the military, with mem with members of the military, during the nationals an during the national anthem, um, and fans were even booing that. Um, it just shows you how ignorant uh, some people are, and there's no other way to put it. Um, you know, when these players are linking arms, when they're taking a knee, and this goes all the way back to Kaepernick over a year ago, it has nothing to do with the flag or lack of respect for the flag or the national anthem for that matter. It has everything to do with uh, racial inequality and police brutality specifically. Um, this bullshit that Donald Trump has spewed um, trying to create this divide in America where he's trying to paint it where it's disrespect for the flag. It's not. And what's crazy to me is that even members of the military understand that. I mean, they were linked arms with these football players, for God's sake. Like, it, it, it's so crazy. But not just that. Like, members of the military that have come out publicly, they've come out on Twitter and have said that, you know, when they're going to war they don't believe that they're fighting for an anthem or for a flag they're fighting for that person's right 
to a peaceful protest. And I think that that's pretty much what says it all, you know. And I don't understand these people that lose sight of that. Um, when when these guys go to war, when these guys, you know, are, are in those battles, they're not fighting for a flag or an anthem. They're fighting for much more than that. They're fighting for your right to a peaceful protest, ultimately. And to boo that, to me, is even more disrespectful than what they claim, which is it's disrespectful to take a knee during the anthem. Um, it's just, again, hypocrisy, ignorance, um, just losing sight of what's important. Um, and uh, yeah, like I, I, there's obviously a lot to this subject, and we're going to be talking a lot about it on this particular podcast, but this is just to start us off. Um, lots lots of opinions on this as well um speaking of which fox news shepherd smith uh came out in a broadcast and said it's being framed as players attacking the anthem troops in the flag that's not what they're doing and we're complicit so uh shepherd smith for those of you guys that don't know he's usually the most sane person that works at fox news which i don't know if that's much of um I don't know what that what that what that really says, but um, this clip I thought was very interesting, and I wanted to play it for you guys on the podcast. Because it, it it's it, it's very clear that for his base, this is the red meat of all red meat because they're able to reframe this. They're able to say, "Oh, they're attacking the national anthem. They're attacking they're attacking the troops. They're attacking the flag." None of which they're doing. They're not doing any of that. They're upset about racial injustice in the country, and they're upset about the things that the president has said. And yet he's able to turn it around for his base. Isn't this all a play to his base? And could it possibly be so that they don't notice there is no health care and North Korea is the biggest mess since the Cold War? Maybe a distraction he wants right now, right? Um, no, definitely plays up to a corner of his base, a fraction of his base. I can tell you, I was talking to a Republican about this just a couple of hour, hours ago, and they don't see this helpful as being helpful at all. This source was saying, um, you know, these protesters were just a few uh, players, and they were barely getting any headlines, and then Trump attacked them and attacked the NFL, um, and ever since then it's just ratcheted up so that now you have a whole bunch of 200, what, 200 players taking a knee or back in the locker room not standing for the national anthem and it's just it's an ugly dispute right now right um people in general uh don't like it when folks protest the national anthem but it's become more of course they're not protesting the national anthem right correct that's not what they're doing we're complicit it's become (laughs) it has become more than just about the flag obviously because the folks feel like the president is bullying uh black uh football players who after the Charlottesville uh, controversy just a few weeks later. So, yeah, it's just bad all around for Republicans. We can say that. Yep. So that was funny because obviously Shepard Smith, I think, has a better perspective on things when it comes to this um, than even who he was speaking to there from Politico, Rachel. Um, but obviously there was a lot of interest in that particular clip, a lot of feedback on Twitter, which I also wanted to talk about on this podcast. Uh, Henny Omega tweeted, Fox News host is more woke than half the media in America. It's the end times. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Um, Paul Williams tweeted out, When the conscience of Fox News speaks, y'all need to listen. I thought that was pretty good as well. Um, Betty Cracker tweeted, 
and we're complicit, he said correctly. Shepard Smith is way too self-aware to work for Fox News. And John Warner tweeted out, Sometimes wonder when Shepard Smith is going to be physically dragged off the screen at Fox. Uh, then there was this. This was interesting. John Smoltz talking about whether or not the Yankees should go, quote, bullpenning in the wild card. Up in this format, really taxing your bullpen, you win the game, and then your bullpen has to be a part of the next. John, what do you think? No, I mean, you got the concept right. I, I just think what happens is, you know, you end up in this format really taxing your bullpen, you win the game, and then your bullpen has to be a part of the next series a day later, right? Day and a half. You get a day off. Yeah, you got a day off. So, you know, my whole premise about this game, why it's so dangerous and managers hate it, and by the way, we're probably never going to see this play out, even though it may make sense, is the fact that they're always going to have to answer questions. Well, if you set the stage of what you're trying to do, your questions aren't as the same as if you say, hey, well, we're trying to win 12 games. Mm. We're not just trying to win one. Right. Well, what about the fallback question? Ah, if you don't get in, you can't win 12. Yeah, I get it. But that's why this game stinks, because anybody can win one game, no matter if you've lost 15 in a row coming into this. Right, right. So that's why I don't like it. But to your point, the reason I like eating up three innings or two and a half or three, then that shortens the pen. They don't have to do as much work. And then you don't put a lot of people in an uncomfortable situation where they've never been before. Okay, so we got like two Jack things Green would be so, so, All right, so you're looking at, see, I'm a little more radical, but you want you want like Sonny Gray to pitch no, to start that I, game. You know, to me, the pitcher is insignificant. If he's on a roster, he's, he's very good. Like, we sometimes take this game and go, oh, Number two, number three, number four, they, they can't win a baseball game. They haven't been doing it all year. And then, you know, they played each other not not too long ago in a series that I did. CeCe Sabathia pitched great. It was a two-to-one game. The Yankees won. It's it's about mindset. And if you've got the best bullpen in the baseball, the baseball game, you could take the greatest pitcher in our generation, pitch him that game. He's probably not going nine. He's only going to go five because Joe Girardi's going to use his pen. Can you then, here's the thing, in the real world, can you hold off your ace and say, I'm going to save him for a series we might not get to? You would get brutalized. Yeah. If you did, if you yeah. held him off fired. and you lost the game, you get fired, the fans would go crazy. And here's the thing. He's brilliant, right? And you said before, do you trust Smoltz? I don't trust Smoltz. Here's the thing, because I think he's, the argument is compelling. But the truth is, Smoltz just hates this system so much that he this wants to, he wants to do this Yankees, to blow yeah. the whole and the Yankees too. <laughs> he just wants to blow the whole thing up. This is like an anarchist no, idea no. that he's just trying to basically say just crazy let's to screw work. the whole thing up right. so much that people will say, oh, we got to switch the system around. That's no, what he's it's, doing. It's, if you, he's if got you another start, agenda. If you start every statement with what gives the Yankees the best chance to win the World Series, yeah. you said it. You gotta line yourself up with your yeah. best, and that's what you're this... playing a powerhouse next. There's no right. You have Astros or Indians. You're, you're right, and I think we just diminish the fact that it's one game to win. It's just one. All right, what do you think? Can you hold off your ace and 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 hope to get him into a game one of a division series? There is a happy medium here, and I believe that you have a point here. At the same time, you're co-opting John completely by taking him by in terms that John could yes. understand. <laughs> You're like the extremist candidate picking a running mate who's extremely popular to advance your position. <laughs> it's not working. <laughs> but anyway, it, it can... Something along these lines does make sense if it's framed exactly the way John says it. We're not playing for one day, we're playing for 12. And by the way, the Yankees historically 
That's how they operate. We're playing to win the World Series. Yeah. We don't yeah. care about winning the division, right. the walk on game. Oh, yeah. by the way, right. But to you your point, gotta win those other games right. to get there, right? Very true. That's the but problem. If, if you're the twins and you do, and winning that wild card just to get to a division series means everything, you don't do this. No. Like, I, no, I, no, I they don't have the bullpen to do it. The Yankees are uniquely set up to do this. That's the only reason this conversation is even relevant. Yeah. Because the Yankees have that bullpen. I love it. Again, in the real world, that's it. It's impossible. It's remember, choice to make. Remember, I understand. Remember, they're in the no, playoffs. You, no, it's possible. You can't. They're in the playoffs already. Huh? Yep. It's not like they got to win this game to get in the playoffs. They're I, in the they're playoffs. In, yeah. yeah. Chad Green. I'll show you Chad Green's numbers in the break. So really interesting conversation there with John Smoltz and um, you know obviously uh, the legend that is John Smoltz when he played for the Atlanta Braves and was one of the best starting pitchers in all of baseball history um, really interesting perspective from him and it'll be you know it'll be interesting to see if the Yankees go that route or if they play it more safe than that um, but you know if the Yankees really are and as Ken Rosenthal said there too about winning it all winning the going all the way to the World Series and winning that, um, it's an interesting argument there uh, of how they could go about it. Um, but obviously the wild card game, uh, what makes it so interesting is that it is just one game. And as John Smoltz was saying, anybody could win just one game. Um, you know, it, it's definitely an interesting argument. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Okay, so there's about four videos there that I wasn't able to play uh, from CNN, but if you're interested, definitely check it out, twitter.com slash vjohndnewton. Um, basically, Lindsey Graham uh, d doing a healthcare debate on CNN, uh, some interesting things that he had to say, I thought. Um, definitely check it out, twitter.com slash vjohndnewton. Um, but moving on, uh, a lot of times uh, the WWE network, uh, different social medias that the WWE uses, sometimes even they can make mistakes. Um, and they were saying that things tend to spell out of the hell in a cell structure every now and then. Um, obviously they meant to say uh, spill, but pretty funny mistake there caught by Matthew from Botchamania. Um, then Christina Wilkie tweeted out uh, that Alabama Senate favorite Roy Moore just pulled a real gun out of his pocket at this rally no joke some pretty crazy stuff going on there in Alabama uh, then Greg Popovich uh, had a really good uh, takeaway from what's going on in the states recently that I definitely wanted to play for you guys our country's an embarrassment in the world uh, this is an individual actually thought that when people held arms during the games that they were doing it to honor the flag. That's delusional. Absolutely delusional. But it's what we have to live with. So you got a choice. Uh, we can continue to bounce our heads off the wall with his conduct, or we can decide that the institutions of our country are more important, that people are more important, uh, that the decent America that we all thought we had and want is more important and get down to business at the grassroots level and do what we have to do. Uh, 
I wonder what the people think about who voted for him, uh, where their line is, how much they can take, uh, where does the, the, the morality and the decency kick in. And I understand very well, uh, you know, they didn't like their choice uh, economically. Uh, a lot of people had a problem. Uh, and he was the right guy at the right time to tap into that mood. Uh, and people overlooked one hell of a lot uh, to be able to pull that trigger and vote in that direction. But it was because uh, they, they wanted change. Uh, they felt ignored. Uh, they actually thought something would happen uh, that would aid them. But at what price is the question. And as we see the actions over and over and over again, one wonders uh, what is in their heads. So very interesting thoughts from Greg Popovich, as always, when it comes to these types of issues. Um, then there was this, another catch from uh, Matthew from Bajamania for wrestling. Uh, he noticed that Enzo's championship belt in this picture, I know it's almost impossible for you guys to see on YouTube, uh, but check it out, twitter.com slash thejohndnewton for the image. The champion is actually reversed. It's backwards on the belt. It's definitely not like that in real life, so they kind of messed up the editing there for that that picture, that, for that promo. Um, Daniel Dale tweeted out that Pence warns Alaska that if Graham Cassidy fails, they could end up with the health care of a place called Canada. Uh, so this obviously had a huge backlash on Twitter, and rightfully so. Uh, Helen Branswell tweeted, Odd Threat thinks every Canadian who doesn't face crippling debt when delivering a baby or having heart surgery. So a dig back at Pence there. Uh, Brown Girl in the Rink tweeted, Me, my dad, my brother, and our pre-existing health conditions are all alive and not bankrupt because we live in a place called Canada, so I thought that was pretty good as well. Uh, Can Afford tweeted out, I'm saying we forget there are costs when we don't get the bill. That's the drawback of the Canadian system. It's difficult to account for. Uh, James McLeod tweeted out, of course someone pays. I do every year on my taxes. As a healthy 32-year-old, I pay more than I use in terms of health care. But I don't have to worry about paying when I need it. It's just always reliable there for all citizens equally. Uh, Boone Sheridan tweeted, Between this and Lindsey Graham threatening we'd spend more on health care than the military, that's not exactly how a threat works. So I thought that was pretty funny. And I tweeted, I feel like that place called Canada is backfiring on Pence. Uh, then there was this, so a long time ago, uh, the WWE did an angle, WWF at the time, uh, with D-Generation X invading a WCW arena, and apparently what happened, uh, the Bullet Club uh, came to invade the WWE, uh, so Cody Rhodes and the rest of the uh, Bullet Club, the Young Bucks, uh, tweeted a lot of really funny stuff here. And they were using a megaphone. Uh, so I'll play some of this for you guys. If you're a wrestling fan, you'll love this. If you're not, you'll probably skip ahead. That's okay, too. Ladies and gentlemen, 
So that was pretty funny, obviously, saying they want Cody Rhodes' name back because the WWE actually owns the rights to the name Cody Rhodes. They don't own the rights to Cody, so that's what he's been wrestling as in other promotions. So the Bullet Club's saying to Finn Balor to come out. Uh, obviously, Finn Balor played the WWE, trying to convince him to come out. And then there was this from Cody Rhodes, where he was using the full speech from Independence Day on the megaphone. This was also pretty funny. This was probably the funniest one, I think. <laughs> Cody Rhodes do um, obviously back in the day with WWE he used to be Stardust as well um, but that was hilarious I thought that was really good I love to I don't know if you caught it during that clip but as he was starting that speech uh, I think people in the crowd were starting to catch on to what was going on they were going, hey isn't that the speech for Independence Day uh, so I thought that was pretty funny definitely definitely worth sharing on the podcast uh, then Jake tweeted out, they're totally giving us Goldust versus Finn Balor because the Bullet Club is outside, right? Talking about Monday Night Raw. Um, then CBC, going back into the news bit of the podcast, uh, tweeted out that Equifax CEO Richard Smith is out after a massive internet breach, uh, 143 million Americans effective, affected, I should say and at least 100,000 Canadians also impacted by that. Um, so I was saying that must be a good time to retire. Um, then Matthew tweeted out, one negative of The Shield reuniting is they only have the Miz to feud with for the WWE for Raw. 
Um, this problem is easily fixed though, as he's got an image there, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, then President Trump says that he will travel to Puerto Rico on Tuesday to survey the damage from Hurricane Maria. It's an island. In Texas, we can ship the trucks right out there, and you know we can do. We've we've got an A plus. this morning was thanking us for the great job we've done with FEMA. That uh, we really have. We've worked very very hard in Puerto Rico. It's very tough because it's an island. In Texas, we can ship the trucks right out there, and you know we can do. We've we've got A pluses on Texas and on Florida, and uh, we will also on Puerto Rico. But the difference is this is an island sitting in the middle of an ocean, and it's a big ocean. It's a very big ocean, and uh, it, we're, we're doing a really good job. I want to, uh, uh, I want to go there. First, Tuesday seems to be the first time we can do without really disrupting first responders and the efforts that are being made to help people. Uh, we have shipped massive amounts of food and water and supplies to Puerto Rico, and we are continuing to do it on an hourly basis. But that island was hit as hard as you could hit. When you see. 200 mile an hour winds. Even Texas didn't have 200 mile an hour winds, right? But when you see 200 miles, and even more than that, 200 mile an hour winds hitting a, a place, and literally houses are just demolished. It was like tornadoes. It was like having hundreds of tornadoes, the winds. So we've never seen it actually touched down as a category five. People have never seen anything like that. And it was dead center. I mean, you couldn't be any more. And, don't forget, a week before, it got hit by another hurricane. Now, that one brushed it, but that did tremendous damage, too. Um, then there was this from Sports Illustrated. So, this week's cover, In a Nation Divided, the Sports World is Coming Together. Um, so, this image for this cover seems to be missing something, which a lot of people noticed. Um, Ben had tweeted out uh, this Twitter handle at OG Flash that new SI cover is missing something, but I can't quite put my finger on it. And he's got an image there of Colin Kaepernick, and that's exactly right. I don't know how they could do that cover and not have Colin Kaepernick on there. Huge mistake. Uh, BuzzFeed News tweeted out that federal officials are planning to collect social media information on all immigrants, including already naturalized citizens. Now this is crazy because I used to live in the States uh, for about 15 years um, and things like this make me happy that I'm not still there because as I tweeted here I'm so glad I left that fucking country absolute insanity I believe that it's going to be a situation where it's immigrants first and then citizens will be next uh, so you know they're going to take away your privacy to protect you and I think obviously this is total insanity um, Vera tweeted out there's a growing trend at the Department of Homeland Security to be snooping on the social media of immigrants this isn't the first that we've heard about this uh, now a lot of times if you cross the border they'll ask to see your phone uh, stuff like that is totally unacceptable um, and it goes deeper obviously there's a lot of opinions on this not just mine uh, from a lot of different people on Twitter
Uh, so here Zach Whitaker tweeted out, here's the note in the Federal Register, the fact that this applies to citizens is baffling, possibly unlawful. And my response to this is how fucking insecure is this president, uh, President Trump? The right to privacy does not exist in this country anymore, especially when stuff like this is going on. Uh, explain to me how this isn't the act of a tyrant. Uh, so Pittsburgh Citizen tweeted out, uh, I am a naturalized citizen. Your interactions with me will make you subject to DHS surveillance. So I responded to that, oh good, time for me to start posting dick pics. Um, then Water Blue Sky tweeted, so if I have a friend that's undocumented and I interact with her on social media, I, a US citizen, am essentially under surveillance too. Uh, and then I responded to that saying, remember when Barack Obama said, be careful who you say yes to now because you don't know who you're saying yes to in the future. In other words, whatever passes back then, future presidents and congresses would be able to use the, those powers in other ways. And that's exactly what's happening with the Patriot Act. Uh, when the Patriot Act first started uh, after 9-11, it was, oh, you know, we want to protect citizens. Um, and obviously it's ballooned to this point where they're demanding from immigrants their social media information, but not just immigrants, people that have actually gone through the process already and become naturalized citizens of the U.S. as well. It's beyond outrageous. Um, it's beyond anything. Uh, the fact that just an interaction with somebody that's, a, you know, an immigrant or a naturalized citizen uh, would all of a sudden put you under surveillance as well if you are a naturally born citizen of the U.S., um, it's just absolute insanity and runs counter, I, I would think, to what the U.S. is supposed to stand for. Um, but that is the U.S. that exists today. Um, then Freddie Campion tweeted, I still don't understand what this means. Like, can a naturalized citizen retroactively lose their citizenship if they don't cooperate? Very fair question. Uh, Greg Fish tweeted out, they want to collect social media data on naturalized citizens too. My family and I left the former Soviet Union for this. Very good tweet there. A librarian Shipwreck tweeted out, war is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength. We all love Big Brother. And the tweet there, including the link uh, for the article on Gizmodo. Uh, Jesse Larich tweeted out, uh, DHS plans to start snooping on all immigrants' social media, but I guess kneeling is what's un-American. Uh, so very good tweet there from Jesse as well. Uh, then there was this. So I've got to admit I'm rather ignorant when it comes to uh, soccer or football across the uh, ocean there. Uh, but this apparently was a coach whose team lost, um, and he actually used a $20, 20-pound, uh, I should say, note uh, to show that the value remains despite a battering uh, during a game that he had. So hopefully this clip will play, because it was definitely worth watching. Listen, reply as you wish. You know what is this? It's a 20-pound 20 20 note. 
you you know how much is this? Still 20 pounds. Still 20 pounds, yeah. Still 20 pounds. Correct? Still 20 pounds. The rest the same way. So pretty crazy stuff there. Um then there was this, so a fan apparently had the ability to uh, start a play by kicking off the ball uh, in a soccer game, and he ended up actually going a little bit further than that. Uh, so I wanted to play this for you guys. Pretty crazy stuff there. Um, then, about 23 hours ago, uh, it was announced from Adrian Wojnarowski that Dwayne Wade was nearing a commitment to Cleveland, and he actually did decide on Cleveland with a one-year deal. Uh, my opinion on that is that it's rather pathetic, to be honest. I, I, I think he should have done something interesting and gone to the San Antonio Spurs. I'm really with Charles Barkley uh, when it comes to the super teams in the NBA. Uh, then there was this from Adam Lash, who was saying this video of Tony Atlas will cheer me up. Unfortunately, it's not playing, so uh, definitely check that out on twitter.com slash thejohndnewton. It's definitely worth checking out. It's worth the laugh. Um, then there was this, uh, yesterday apparently was National Pancake Day and there was a lot of different designs of pancakes that were displayed on Twitter. One of them was actually uh, Death Star for Star Wars. Uh, then there was another one that was shaped like a zombie but it actually looked a lot like Donald Trump I was saying. Um, then there was this one in the spirit of Halloween, uh, some jack-o'-lanterns there, spider webs, spiders, uh, pretty funny stuff there. Uh, there was one uh, that doesn't really play right now, uh, but you can definitely check it out again, twitter.com slash thejohndnewton. Uh, it's showing uh, Gilderoy here uh, making a pancake shaped like uh, Severus Snape for Harry Potter. Actually, it's playing right now, so that's perfect. So really crazy stuff there. Um, then you've got one here uh, shaped like Barack Obama and then there was this pancake that was made of uh, Michael Jackson as well and then for Star Wars uh, the wording Star Wars but also a lightsaber as well uh, Mara Jade Skywalker tweeting out I find your lack of syrup uh, disturbing Some pretty funny stuff there um, then there was another one uh, made a gif of uh, Harry Potter as a pancake as well. Uh, that one's not quite working here on the podcast, but definitely check that out, twitter.com slash Newton. Uh, very cool stuff there also. Um, and then Laurel Coons tweeted out, humans have five vital organs that are essential for survival, the brain, the heart, kidneys, liver, and lungs. 
and all of these pancakes shaped like different organs of the body. Uh, quite a few brain, liver, lungs, heart, uterus, stomach, bladder, intestines, and kidney. Uh, so really crazy stuff there. Uh, the Harry Potter one's actually working now, so we can take a look at that one too. So really crazy stuff there. Um, and then there was one made of uh, Dobby from, I believe, Lord of the Rings. I might be wrong on that. Correct me if I'm wrong. Of course, on the podcast, uh, comments, tweet in, however it is. But I believe Dobby is from Lord of the Rings, if I'm not mistaken. Or actually, no, I misspoke. Uh, you don't even have to correct me. It is Harry Potter, I believe. Uh, then BBC, on a totally different note, uh, moving away from pancakes for a second, uh, tweeted out that Dyson is planning to make radical and different electric cars starting from 2020, with firm spending of two billion dollar two billion pounds, I should say, uh, on the project. Uh, obviously, Dyson is better known for the vacuum cleaners that they make. Uh, so very interesting situation there. Uh, Robert Lewin Lewin tweeted out. Uh, I'm going to mention the Dyson electric car again now. See how long you can last without responding. It'll suck or it's nothing but hot air. That's uh, pretty funny there. And then uh, Mika Singleton tweeted out, How does Dyson not make a street cleaner already? Uh, but going to Dwayne Wade, uh, LeBron James had this to say about Dwayne Wade. I think he brings another uh, championship DNA, a championship pedigree. Um, it brings another playmaker to the team uh, who uh, you know, can get guys involved that can make plays and, and also just has a, a great you know, basketball mind. And um, you know, I think you know, it would be great to have him here. And uh, you know, obviously, you know, our, our front office has done some great things you know, throughout this summer. And um, you know, so I'm not, I, don't, I mean, obviously, I've probably I've talked to D Wade throughout the whole summer. I probably will reach out to him as well, but it's not a. Uh, it's really not up to. It's not up to me. It's kind of up to D Wade if he can clear waivers. Then it's up to our front office. Um, but I hope that we can. Um, I hope that we can bring him here. I would love to have him. So, obviously, he did come to the Cavaliers. Um, so the Cavaliers off season. A good recap here by Sugar Shiv. And again, before this was pointed out. I actually didn't really think that much about the Cleveland Cavs, especially compared to like the Golden State Warriors, but some really good points may being made here. In the offseason, they lost Kyrie Irving, but if you look at what they added, they added Isaiah Thomas, they added Dwayne Wade, they added Jay Crowder, Jeff Green, uh, C.D. Osmond, N.T. Zizek, and Brooklyn's first rounder uh, in 2018. So. They definitely did a lot of addition during the off season. Uh, so this tweet's not, uh, this video is not showing. Uh, but first things first, on uh, Fox Sports, uh, had an interesting take about what the Cleveland Cavs could do to make their team even greater. Uh, setting up a potential trade with the Pelicans uh, could mean this type of starting five for the Cavs: Isaiah Thomas, Dwayne Wade. LeBron James, Kevin Love, and then DeMarcus Cousins. So DeMarcus Cousins would be the player that they would trade for uh, from New Orleans. 
but even their bench is deep because then their bench would include Derrick Rose, J.R. Smith, Kyle Korver, Jay Crowder, and Tristan Thompson. So, yes, I do think the Cavaliers will be a contender again this year. Uh, so, yeah, with that type of team, that type of depth, I do believe the Cleveland Cavs will be a contender this year as well. Um, then there was this from Mika Grimes, uh, the Republicans on the Graham-Cassidy health care bill, we don't have the votes. Uh, so then there was this from Mika Grimes uh, tweeting out the Republicans on the Graham-Cassidy health care bill. We don't have the votes. Uh, so my take on that, and what does that say about your do-nothing party when you have a majority and you still can't get that passed? It's really pathetic. Uh, and it's been five times that they failed for that. Asks... Sky News News Desk tweeted out, uh, U.S. Senator John Thune says Republicans may not be able to continue efforts to repeal Obamacare until 2019, uh, which is hilarious because by then they may actually lose seats. Um, and then Joe Caparasso tweeted out, Republican President, Republican Senate, Republican House, AH AHCA, cross, uh, skinny repeal, cross, Graham Cassidy cross. So none of those things achieved, despite the fact that Republicans have control of the White House, the Senate, and the House of Representatives. Uh, then uh, there was this video uh, from Louis Ferre uh, Sarduni. Uh, he's tweeting out uh, a huge line, uh, longest line he says he's ever seen to withdraw cash from an ATM in San Juan, Puerto Rico, um, obviously due to Hurricane Maria there. Um, and then it can, he continues to tweet images and video of the devastation that took place, the toll that was that uh, Hurricane Maria took on Puerto Rico. Uh, here's showing uh, eight people drowned to death uh, in Toa Baja, or Baja, I should say, in Puerto Rico. Uh, also in Puerto Rico, they're saying that there is no more agriculture and there won't be for a year or longer. That's how devastating the hurricane was there. And more images of the devastation. And the New York Times tweeting out, Puerto Rico has no electricity and may not for months to come. Much of the water is undrinkable. And the New York Times also tweeting out, nearly half of Americans don't know Puerto Rico is a domestic disaster, not a foreign one, or the fact that Puerto Ricans are fellow citizens. So again, you know, does that surprise anybody? I don't think so. If you look at America, um, you know, there's a reason why Donald Trump is president. There's a re reason why the Republicans have the seats that they do in Congress, and it comes from a, a level of ignorance. Um, and you see that on display there, where half of Americans don't know Puerto Rico is a territory of the U.S. and you know again half of Americans don't know that Puerto people from Puerto Rico are also citizens. Um, crazy stuff there. Um, the city of Toronto on a happier note unveiled new images for a 21 acre 
uh, downtown Toronto Park, uh, very close to the CN Tower there. Hard to tell from the image there on YouTube, though. Definitely check it out, twitter.com slash thejohndnewton. Um, Kyle Griffin tweeted out that Trump says he wasn't preoccupied with NFL players. Quote, I have plenty of time on my hands. All I do is work. To which I responded, all he does is troll. Uh, Jordan tweeted out, no idea what Trump's talking about regarding doing great job in Puerto Rico. Just interviewed a Puerto Rican who said it's like the walking dead. Um, and then Kyle Felcher tweeted out, all these quotes contradict the others. Uh, one quote from Donald Trump, the NFL situation is a very important situation. Trump just now, I wasn't preoccupied with the NFL. And then again, Donald Trump says, to me, the NFL situation is a very important situation. I have plenty of time on my hands. All I do is work. So each thing that Donald Trump is saying there contradicting the last, not surprising coming from Donald Trump. Um, also coming from Donald Trump, we're going to be deploying Navy ships. They've already been deployed. So again, what are you getting with this guy? Um, Eddie tweeted out, uh, Reed's funny, but he says he was saying he has plenty of time to address things because all he does is work and he considers the NFL thing work. Uh, but on a much better note, uh, Boston University tweeted out uh, that they have identified a biomarker that may allow CTE to be diagnosed in the living. So CTE, obviously, football players suffering from that condition based on the concussions that they sustained and some concuss concussions going undiagnosed. So really interesting that they found a biomarker for that. Um, Boston University researchers identify possible biomarker for diagnosing CTE during life. Uh, Dr. Anne McKee says this will lead towards treatment while alive. So very interesting situation there. Uh, researchers studied the brains of 23 former college and pro football players and 50 non-athletes with Alzheimer's as well as 18 non-athletes. Uh, Rick West had tweeted out that Boston University says researchers found the former football players had a heightened level of CCL11, which is a very particular biomarker. Uh, so Patrick Ruby tweeted out, uh, being able to screen NFL vets, actives, uh, college players, high school players, soldiers, and boxers, as well as others, will know risks much better. Uh, that could end up good or bad for sports, depending how you look at it, but it will be a big boon to public health and informed consent. Uh, then there was this tweeted out uh, from Because It's the Cup, uh, saying that somebody please sign Yaramir Yager so he doesn't have to pole dance for money anymore. Somebody please sign Yaramir Yager. Uh, then ABC7 tweeted out, uh, construction of the border wall prototypes begins in San Diego. 
uh, to which I responded that the new wall looks a lot like the old wall that was built under George W. Bush, just a shitload of wasted money. Try spending that same money on healthcare, just an idea. Um, then there was this, which was an ABC News Washington Post poll. 86% of Americans support DACA, 62% oppose building a border wall. Uh, Sean Sullivan from the Washington Post tweeted out, text just now from knowledgeable Republican following Corker news, so Corker, a senator from Tennessee, is going to be retiring, not seeking re-election in 2018. Uh, Democrats now have a path to the majority, so very interesting situation there. Um, then the New York Times tweeted out breaking news, Saudi Arabia agrees to let women drive, ending a policy long criticized as a human rights violation, to which I responded, it's about fucking time. Um, Betsy Woodruff tweeted out, uh, Sessions said that in this great land, quote, the government does not tell you what to do or what to think or what to say. And Samantha B tweeted, responded to that, uh, just when to kneel and when to stand. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, Ivanka Trump, uh, you know, we've been very critical on Donald Trump on this podcast for a lot of things, but, you know, we consider ourselves to be pretty fair here on uh, the Brain Droppings podcast. Uh, the president did sign a presidential a memorandum expanding access to computer science and STEM education for kindergarten to 12th grade students in the U.S., uh, so that's definitely a move in the right direction. Uh, Chad Livingood added to that Trump administration committing $200 million to STEM education, private sector firms donating $300 million. Uh, I think it's going to take both, uh, says at CavsDan on Twitter. Uh, Chad added to that Ivanka Trump says computer coding and science skills are an education and job training priority for Donald Trump's administration. Uh, so definitely moving in the right direction with that. Then there was this uh, clip that I wanted to play in regards to uh, the flag discussion uh, in sports. So hopefully this clip will play. I'm not going to engage on what the president did. I'm not gonna engage on the absurdity that we just ran a clip where a player quotes the president of the United States and we felt we needed to bleep it. I mean, I'm not going to engage on the absurdity that the day after the president was inaugurated via his favorite form of communication, Twitter, he tweeted his resolute regard and support of peaceful protests, of which this is as peaceful as it gets. What I will engage on is what is actually happening. Because I can't walk past a television screen, news or sports, without seeing this on the bottom line. NFL players protest anthem. It is amazing to get a fact error in a four-word headline. When people march, they are not protesting traffic. The players have been uniform that they are using the anthem as a vehicle to protest inequality, police brutality, and racial injustice. And this story by 
the president and others, many well before the president ever chimed in, has been hijacked to making it about the anthem. When in reality, the anthem was always just the vehicle. And I just, I, I want to remind people how this went. Colin Kaepernick was sitting. He wasn't kneeling, he was sitting. Why did he start to kneel? Because he got with a Navy SEAL, Nate Boyer, talked with Nate Boyer. Nate Boyer, who sacrificed as much as anyone can for this country without giving their life or limb, talked with him. Nate Boyer says he respects Cap and says, hey, it would sit better with us if you would kneel. Cap said, no problem. I can still get my point across. Every time Cap was asked about this, and any player I've heard asked about this, I have not heard one soundbite of a player being anti-military of a player being, of a player outwardly attacking the fundamentals of what this country is supposed to be. This is a protest about whether or not the country has fulfilled its promise of equal protection under the law to all of its citizenry. And that conversation is one no one wants to have. That conversation is uncomfortable for people. So people literally drape themselves in the flag as a defense of it, forgetting the fact that if we really want to get down to it, if you actually read the US flag code, holding a flag horizontally, laying down, is listed as disrespect. Not sitting, not standing for the anthem is not. Wearing any type of flag clothing is listed as disrespect. Not standing for the anthem is not. But we, we have perverted the discussion into an easy one to get to one of America's favorite old hobby horses which is why aren't those black folks more grateful for what they got? And that's what we saw Friday night, and that's what the NFL responded to, and I agree with you, Chris. I was surprised how strong the owners came out, some with somewhat weak messages, but a lot of these owners gave the president a million dollars or more. Yes. And they came out and said, you can't curse our players. And then as an aside, be like, and you know what, the other thing that's wrong with football, not dangerous enough. Like that, I mean, that, that's being thrown aside, but that was, that was part of it as well. And so, yeah, the NFL did a good job. I just wish people remembered what this was about. People that are angry about the protests, I just ask you one question, and I beg of you to ask yourself this question and have an honest moment of reflection. Are you angry about the protests because you think it's disrespecting the flag, or are you angry about what is being protested. Because if Colin Kaepernick, who started this whole thing, when he was asked, why are you not standing for the anthem? He had said, I'll be honest with you, I think no one protects that flag more than our soldiers. And I do not think our soldiers are treated fairly when they come back to this country. They do not have adequate health care. They do not have adequate benefits. They do not have adequate job opportunities. And until they get that I'm not standing for the anthem. Would you still be mad? Because you'd be disrespecting the flag just the same way. Or are you mad because deep down you kind of feel like black people got it good enough. Listen, we stopped lynching y'all 90 years ago. We gave y'all the actual right to vote 50 years ago. These days you almost have equal foot in getting into college with us. Chill. And you, you get to make millions of dollars playing a game. As if that wasn't a skill honed and crafted and worked on 
blood, sweat, and tears. So what are you actually mad at? So, really good takeaway there. Um, obviously, I think that clip speaks for itself. Um, and I think it was very well said uh, on that show. So, definitely wanted to play that. Uh, credit to uh, Blue Ray Dre on Twitter uh, for posting that clip. Um, and I think that really, <laughs> that really does cover the full discussion there about that. So, uh, very good tweet there. Uh, then there was this from Connor, um, where it basically shows, and you can't really s make it out. Um, let me see if I can blow this picture up. Uh, it still won't show it. But basically it shows Bret Hart without glasses, and then Bret Hart with sunglasses. And then it shows Daniel without sunglasses, and then Daniel with sunglasses, saying, the cooler Dan. Uh, so pretty funny image there. Uh, so Matthew from Botchmania tweeted out to non-Brits wondering why I hated Enzo winning the title. It's because he beat Neville. We love Neville more than India loves Ginger Mahal. <laughs> uh, then there was this tweet. Uh, Hold my beer while I go slide down the slide. Uh, so Joe Pettercone tweeted out yesterday, Tennessee Representative Scott uh, Desjardins uh, just told me that Peyton Manning is indeed a possible 2018 Senate candidate for that spot in Tennessee. Uh, John Bres uh, Bresnahan tweeted, I envision a Senate Republican conference in 2019 with Roy Moore, Kid Rock, and Peyton Manning. Uh, Adam Blickstein tweeted out, keep politics out of football, and then GOP recruiting Peyton Manning to run for the Senate. Uh, then there was this. This was interesting. So uh, the quarterback, uh, C.J. Wentz, uh, and then there was this. This was interesting. So uh, C.J. Wentz for the Philadelphia Eagles was speaking on the sidelines uh, for hey, the New York Giants-Philadelphia game. He's a superhero if he makes it. I'll give him my paycheck. I'll give him my game check. Huh? He made his one time. And then there's this. He's a superhero if he makes it. I'll freaking give him my paycheck. I'll give him my game check. Huh? He made his one time. I'll give him my game check. He makes it.
So obviously he made it there, um, and if you didn't quite hear that, uh, Wentz was saying that if he makes this field goal, uh, that he was going to give him his game, his game paycheck, um, which would be a hundred thousand dollars. So he did make it. It was a sixty-one yard field goal uh, for Philadelphia, uh, which is actually an Eagles franchise record. Uh, so huge moment, obviously for Jake Elliott. Um, and there's a lot of talk about this on Twitter. So uh, AdRobs tweeted out, uh, the game checks are roughly $104,000. So Elliot is set to make 465000 this year. Big money. Uh, Martin Williams tweeted out, I think Wentz is the last person that anybody has to worry about keeping his word. Uh, Jake probably already got that money. Um, and then there was this gif uh, from Seinfeld of Elliot in the locker room getting paid, uh, so that's pretty funny. Uh, then there was some big news uh, from Hollywood. Apparently, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese are going to team up again, uh, but this time for a film about Teddy Roosevelt, so that's pretty interesting. Uh, a lot of opinions on that. John Hoey tweeted out, hot take, DiCaprio does too many biopics. Uh, Jim Gorman tweeted out, which I agree with Jim here, he said, uh, yes, but he does a great job with them. Related, I wish Kevin Spacey did more biopics. I would agree on both of those points. Uh, so Shams tweeted out, as we talked about earlier, Dwayne Wade actually did sign a one-year deal with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, so Shams tweeted out earlier, as we talked about, uh, Dwayne Wade did reach a one-year deal with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, then there was a tweet uh, in Dubai where they actually are having now flying taxis and I said uh, this is what happens when you have too much money. Uh, Sportsnet tweeted out that the Raptors are projected to finish sixth in the Eastern Conference with under 44 wins according to ESPN. Uh, so ESPN gave the Raptors 44 wins, the Hornets above them 44 to 45. The Bucks above them, 47. The Wizards with 48. The Cavs with 50. And the Celtics with 50. Uh, so my response to that is I think they should post this in the locker room to motivate the Raptors. Uh, the disrespect never seems to stop for this franchise. Uh, Brian Redband tweeted out he was so excited to hear Vimeo now has live streaming. Uh, then he looked at the pricing plans and then he sighed. Um, Twitter apparently now is saying that if you can't fit your tweet into 140 characters, we're trying something new with a small group and increasing the character limit to 280. Uh, they're excited about the possibilities. And uh, my friend Mike tweeted, why not focus on adding a damn edit button for tweets? So I thought that was pretty good. Um, and then my response to all of this with Twitter expanding from 140 to 280 is I was saying, no, you know, that's what makes Twitter Twitter, having to condense your thoughts. It makes for even better jokes, too, because you have to get straight to the punchline. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with Twitter with the ex expansion from 140 to 280. But to me, it kind of it, it's what makes Twitter Twitter 140 characters, you know. Um, then Tim and Sid tweeted out. This boat's destination is the NBA Finals, and it shows Dwayne Wade 
Uh, then Timmonson tweeted out uh, this image uh, showing that this boat's destination is the NBA Finals, showing Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, and now Isaiah Thomas superimposed on the banana boat there. Uh, then there was a tweet from Becky Rodriguez showing uh, scientists taking a knee in solidarity with the black community against police brutality, to which I said I'm sure Donald Trump will be tweeting out nerds to that. Uh, so Donald Trump tweeted out that uh, Puerto Rico owes Wall Street and the banks, which sadly must be dealt with, food, water, and medical are top priorities, and doing well, hashtag FEMA. Uh, Tim tweeted, and I agree with Tim here, Christ, what an asshole. There's a humani humanitarian disaster unfolding, and he's on about Puerto Rico owing Wall Street money, and that's exactly right. Um, John Fugelsang tweeted, this tweet contains the names of every white supremacist, Nazi, or Klansman that Donald Trump ever demanded be fired or ever called the son of a bitch. And you'll notice that there are no names there. Uh, Big J McSee tweeted to Tim and Sid, You do realize that starting in 2012, the U.S. military paid the NFL and other leagues to have players take the field for anthems. And then I tweeted out, and this is something that I think a lot of people have lost sight of uh, when it comes to Steph Curry's issue with Donald Trump in the White House. I don't remember Obama disinviting the Boston Bruins after Tim Thomas, the goalie, said that he didn't want to go to the White House. So again, if we're going to compare Donald Trump with Obama, let's be fair there. Uh, Uberfax tweeted out that children inherit four times as many new mutations from their fathers as they do their mothers. Uh, the Associated Press tweeted out breaking news, firebrand jurist Roy Moore wins the Alabama GOP primary runoff for the U.S. Senate, defeating Trump's backed incumbent. So Trump backed somebody, and Luther, I think Jones was his name, um, and then Steve Bannon backed an even more far right-wing candidate in Roy Moore. Roy Moore was the guy I was showing earlier in the podcast that at his rally was holding up a pistol. Um, so this is just to me further proof of how broken the U.S. is. And I'll be honest with you guys on this podcast, I don't believe that anything is really going to change in the U.S. until you see a change in states like Alabama. When these guys see that they're just continuing to vote in these crazy assholes that don't do anything for them, and then they decide to vote in another way, maybe things will change. But until that happens, we're going to continue to see this chaos in the U.S., unfortunately. Uh, Billionaire Mindset tweeted out, Life is too short to waste time. Doing nothing is an expensive choice. I thought that was a really good brain dropping. Uh, the Hill tweeted out that Kushner apparently registered to vote in New York as a female. Uh, so the Hill, uh, so the Hill tweeted out that Kushner registered to vote in New York as a female. I don't know, crazy stuff. Uh, Chris Ray Gunn tweeted out, I find it weird that in an effort to combat Nazism, the swastika is being removed from a historical video game in which you kill Nazis. Good point there. Uh, then there was this image, uh, this gif. Uh, on this day in 1999, on WCW Nitro, musician and songwriter John Popper of the band Blues Travelers is shown eating a beer.
Uh, unfortunately, that GIF is not working, but if you guys go on twitter.com slash thejohndnewton, you can definitely check that out. Pretty crazy stuff. Um, then there was this, uh, the U.S. Uh, imposing, uh, well, I'll let this guy t say it for me. Uh, so yeah, that GIF is not working for Nitro. Uh, so then there was this on the morning show talking about Bombardier being slapped with a 220% duty on their trade in the U.S. Uh, so I wanted to play this Deal clip for you guys. Just finally, how should the Canadian government respond? Should they look at maybe hitting other industries with equal tariffs? Or, or would that be dangerous to ignite maybe a trade war at a time when, when NAFTA is being well, renegotiated? Know, I think we're due for a trade war. If you take a look at what the United States has done on the Softman Lumber Dispute, the tariffs they just slapped on paper, um, what they just did here with the... Uh, with with, uh, with Bombardier, uh, they are absolutely playing like a schoolyard bully, and there's only way to deal. Uh, the only way to deal with this is to fight back and fight back in a meaningful way. So interesting talk there. Obviously, really scary when you're talking about people's lives, uh, people's livings um, on the line with a possible trade war between Canada and the U.S. But to that guy's point, uh, the U.S. is playing the role of the bully here. Be interesting to see what Canada decides to do. Uh, Warren tweeted out that Ottawa does unfairly subsidize Bombardier. That's the problem. I don't disagree with that. Uh, Andrew Coyne, who I respect very, very much, he tweeted out, You know where this is headed. To compensate for the effects of the U.S. duties, Bombardier will demand more subsidy from the Canadian government, which is crazy. Uh, then you've got Billionaire Mindset tweeting out, If you learn from defeat, you haven't really lost. So I thought that was a really good brain dropping. Uh, then Tim and Sid tweeted out, When Twitter doesn't give you the ability to tweet 280 characters, and there's a disappointed Kevin Durant picture there. And we will end with another great brain dropping from Billionaire Mindset. Bad things happen every day to everyone. The difference is in how people deal with it. So we'll leave you with that thought. Again, guys, uh, just six plus hours left uh, to vote for Anna. She's currently now 14th. Uh, please make sure that you check out Maxim's Finest. The link will be on YouTube and all of our other platforms. Let's help Anna win this thing. Uh, again, if she can get into the top 10, she makes it to the next round. She's very, very close. Uh, please, guys, definitely support Anna. Uh, support the podcast by supporting Anna. I would definitely appreciate it. I know Anna would as well. Uh, thank you, guys.